I've been very encouraged at the number of conversations that have been taking place recently related to the care for missionaries. Uh, The topic of member care toward those that we are sending out from our local churches is a very important topic. Uh, That's what we're going to be talking about today on Strike the Match. My guest is Bob Flanders. Bob is an elder with the church at Brook Hills in Birmingham, Alabama. He also serves on staff overseeing coaching and caring for missionaries. Uh, We're going to address this particular issue, and Bob's also going to offer some very practical instruction for local church leaders as well as mission agency leaders when it comes to member care. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist, Dr. J.D. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.D. One of the things that is incredibly important when it comes to kingdom advancement across the world uh, is the issue of member care. Uh, One of the things that I I think we uh, fail to overlook is this very topic. Uh, for, For many years, I'd never heard Uh, anyone talking about this particular topic. Local churches were not talking about it. Uh, If mission agencies were, you know, I may have just been hiding when they were having those conversations. But but I've noticed that within the past 10, 15 years or so, it's become a it's become a uh, almost a front burner issue. And that is such a good thing. Uh, I've seen a few books. I think more books need to be published. So some of you out there need to um, be writing on this topic, but uh, a few books have come out related to the topic of, of member care. And uh, so I thought it would be really important for us to to have an episode of Strike the Match related to this particular topic. You know, when, when Paul writes uh, to churches uh, in the New Testament, uh, he often encourages them for caring for him. You know, I, I think about a couple verses in, in Philippians chapter 2 and, and chapter 4. Uh, you know, Paul makes a statement uh, in uh, chapter 2, verse 25, I've thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, uh, and your messenger and minister to my need. Here's Paul basically saying to them, he has been someone who's been uh, a, a person to care for me and to the things that lay heavily on my heart and my shoulders. And then just a couple chapters later, in uh, the 16th verse of chapter 4, he, he says, Even in Thessalonica, writing to the Philippians, Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Uh, so throughout the New Testament, we see uh, this, the, the, these, these comments, these statements about how much uh, there is of great value to Paul uh, to be able to have the local churches to, to serve and care for him and care for his needs. Uh, so today on Strike the Match, I have a have a friend. I have also a colleague uh, uh, and a co-elder uh, with me today. Bob Flanders is uh, on our staff uh, here at the church at Brook Hill. With the church at Brook Hills, uh, he is overseeing uh, coaching and caring for missionaries. He's also an elder uh, with Brook Hills, and uh, he has uh, served. He and his wife have served for for many years uh, in Japan. And so, Bob, we're so thankful to have you with us today. Welcome to Strike the Match. Thanks, Jenny. It's a real privilege and pleasure to be with you today. You know, I um, I think it would be really great for uh, the folks that are listening to to get a little bit of background on you and your ministry. You were uh, you were in Japan for a long period of time, and uh, you've walked in the trenches. So, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yes, uh, our family went to Japan with Christar as church planters back in 1980, and we came back to the states and. 2005, so we spent 25 years doing that, and uh, after returning to the States, we 
connected with another organization and did a lot of member care uh, type ministry with uh, national missionaries in South America, uh, East Africa, and East uh, Eastern European countries, and then uh, been on staff with Brook Hills since about oh, uh, 2010, I think, something mm-hmm. like that. And our primary role there, uh, as you've already mentioned, is coaching missionaries who are getting ready to go to the field, and then uh, providing some member care and helping the church to provide member care for those that are sent out long-term. One of the things that I think would be uh, helpful for us to, to kind of define at the outset uh, of, our, of our time together, Bob, is, is just to define, when, when we say member care, what, what, what are we talking about? Because I know for some of the listeners out there, uh, they're going to be familiar with this topic, but I know for others, uh, they, they may not have a clue of what we mean when we say member care. So could you kind of give us an idea of what, this, what this, that means? Yeah, I, I think most folks that are uh, involved in missions in any way know, know about the Great Commission, uh, the command of the Lord to go out and make disciples of all nations. And along with that command, uh, there's what is called the Great Command in scriptures where he tells us to love one another, uh, love the Lord with all your heart, and love each other as you love yourself. And uh, really, member care is the fulfillment of of the great command to love others. Mm -hmm. And it involves things uh, very similar to what you would do if somebody was a part of your congregation locally. Uh, You would be encouraging them, teaching them, maybe mentoring or even discipling them, Uh, in some cases providing accountability, uh, assistance of a a variety of kinds, all all things that you would do for people that were a part of your on-campus uh, congregation, but in in this case, you're doing it long distance. So, so why why do you think? And, I, and I'm I'm just making an assumption here, just based on my anecdotal evidence over the years. Um, wh- why why is it that you, we will care for those that you know as 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 elders will care for those week in week out, but those that leave our congregations, we we mm-hmm. we seem to kind of drop the ball in that area. What, what why is that the case? Yeah. It, it's probably because of a combination of things. One, uh, you don't see them, mm. so you, you just assume there's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps uh, before uh, all the modern means of communication, that, that may have been true to a certain extent. You could certainly pray, but it was difficult to have communications and to talk with folks and uh, be involved in their lives. Another uh, is just naively thinking that we're sending out these great folks who are the cream of the crop, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What needs would they have? Uh, they're already committed to the Lord. They already uh, have reached a, a level of spiritual maturity that may be uh, higher than average. We naively assume that they probably don't have that many needs for care. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like they're the they're the super Christians, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember one time I was, I was uh, lecturing to a class, and, and I asked, uh, knowing that most of the, the, the folks that were in the class, they were going to be pastors, and, and we were talking about this, this, this topic of, you know, sending members out to the field, and, and I just asked this question, you know, who, who pastors the missionaries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was kind of like a, like a shock that, that, you know, that the class experienced at that moment. It was like, well, I never thought about that. Yeah. There's a, a great book um, that I know you're familiar with, um, Dangerous Calling, mm-hmm. by Paul David Tripp, who's a pastor to pastors and 
the gist of the book is simply that uh, in becoming shepherds, where we're leading God's people and we're doing ministry in a variety of ways, uh, we tend to forget that we are still sheep ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we need everything that any any person, any sheep within the flock would need, and, and that includes all kinds of care. Mm, that's that's such a, such a good point. Hey, let's talk. Let's talk for a moment about the, the church at Brook Hills, uh, because obviously that that is where you're the most focused uh, in your in your ministry when it comes to coaching and caring for missionaries. So, so what does <laughs> I feel funny even asking this question because <laughs> I'm right just across the hall from you in my my area. Um, you know, what does the church at Brook Hills do? Uh, when it comes to to caring for our members, uh, whether they're serving uh, on church planning teams in the United States or whether they're serving throughout the world somewhere? Yeah, well, it certainly begins with uh, what we would call pre-filled screening or equipping, affirming process. And within that, uh, we do lots of evaluations and have lots of conversations to identify potential weak areas. And, And we all have them. Uh, that's it's not a means of weeding people out, but identifying areas of need so that we can provide uh, some equipping and perhaps tools, resources to address that. And of course, within that, we're talking to them about uh, stresses that are going to be unique that they have not yet experienced in their current life lifestyle that they're going to face when they go to the field so they can be aware of that. And then we can point them to a book or perhaps give some counseling or training uh, that's going to help them when they have to meet this extra challenge in their lives. So pre-field, we're taking them through the, these assessments where we're spending time with them. I know your wife is heavily involved uh, in the process yes. as well and, and just an incredible, incredible blessing uh, in that journey. Uh, so we're talking to them before they, they leave while they're still with us here in Birmingham. Uh, then, then they hit the field, so, so they're gone. Maybe they're gone across the country or maybe they're in you know, Central Asia or, or somewhere in Africa or something like that. Um, we're, we're still continuing that partnership with them, aren't we? That's correct. And we try to set up uh, with them what that partnership is going to involve. And, and actually, uh, we will often sign a formal agreement that uh, expresses what we hope to do with God's enablement as a church and what we would expect them to do in our partnership together. And that would include things like regular communication that will go both ways, not not simply asking the missionaries to write to us and keep us abreast of things, but Mm -hmm. we also send them information from the church so they continue to feel like they're part of it. Um, We can, you know, nowadays you can do Skypes and emails and all kinds of things that are uh, a lot more personal than than simply a letter. Uh, we also plan to visit uh, missionaries while they're on the field. That may be a formal visit from somebody on staff like myself or another team member, or it could involve uh, perhaps sending a team from our church to minister with them, but one of the goals of that team is also to minister to them. Mm. Um, so very conscientious about that. Uh, when they're back in the States or back at our church, even for fairly brief periods of time, we want to sit down and debrief with them and find out how they're doing and how they're responding to a variety of um, stress 
in you know in their uh, ministries. So so whenever you do have a visit on the field, so before they before they may come back to Birmingham, uh, and I think uh, you and Susie just recently visited one of our U.S. teams. Yes, um, we did. So like, what what happens in one of those meetings? I mean, are they? I mean, is it like a week long? Is it you know a, a one day thing? I mean, what do you, what do you do when you visit a family on the field? Yeah. Um, it, the length would vary depending on a number of circumstances, particularly how many people are there, if it's more than one family. But our intent is, first of all, to observe. Uh, we want to see them in their ministry context. We want to see them uh, uh, responding and interacting with their family, with teammates, with internationals. Uh, all, all of those things are on our agenda. Obviously, we want to express to them simply by our coming that uh, this, this is a way of showing that we indeed do care for you. We love you. You're not forgotten. You're part of our ministry here. So we express that in every way we can. Maybe it's taking them out for a meal, uh, whatever that may look like. But in addition to that, we'll have a time uh, some, somewhere du during the visit where we'll sit down with individuals and couples uh, separate from each other, and uh, ask them certain questions, touch on certain uh, potential issues in their life, let them speak, and if, if some red flags or yellow flags uh, rise from that conversation, we'll delve a little bit deeper, try to do that, try to have that conversation uh, without trying to solve things, just gathering information, and then at the end of that, uh, begin to try to um, apply some principles and provide help in a variety of ways. Mm, that's so, so good. You know, while you were talking, uh, I was re reminded of a, of a time uh, that you, you, you know, educated me on this thing that we do called advocacy teams or A-teams. Yes. Uh, yes. What, 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 is, what is an A-team? Yeah, advocacy teams, I would say, is a very critical element in local churches caring for their missionaries. And frankly, it's, it's also a very important part of um, benefiting the local church from partnering with the missionary. So an advocacy team is made up of individuals from within the church who already know and are already committed to being involved in some way in the ministry of these individuals that we're sending out. And so our, our teams would have at least five people that form the core of that group. And they will, um, after talking with the missionary and praying, and we give some guidelines and some suggestions to them, they will form together uh, a partnership commitment. And typically it will involve things like uh, a monthly Skype with the missionary. And during that Skype, they're going to be praying. Uh, in some cases, the advocacy team, uh, if they have a number of members, they'll commit, some member will commit for a, a certain day and they'll cover that, uh, their missionary partners in prayer every single day or one day a week or whatever the case may be. Uh, often the advocacy team will uh, make a visit to the missionaries. Again, uh, their visit would be primarily for the sake of member care mm -hmm. and focusing on, on the missionaries uh, themselves. You mentioned uh, about uh, the the pre-field uh, member care issues, about the assessments that that oftentimes 
uh, well, pretty much with everyone, myself included, uh, that we find certain limitations, certain stresses that um, will crop up while, while they're on the field. Uh, could, could you share with us what are some of those um, common challenges that uh, that families often face on the field? Because because I'm sitting here thinking about uh, us talking about this the topic of member care, uh, and I'm sure that there are there are individuals and couples that are out there uh, that that haven't thought about uh, some of the issues that they'll possibly experience that will require that touch from those doing member care. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I would encourage those folks to go to the book of Second Corinthians and read uh, crusty old missionary, veteran missionary Paul uh, began writing that book by talking about how God to him has been the God of all comfort and how when he went to Asia, he was stretched beyond his ability to bear and uh, despaired of even life itself. And this was not a first term uh, still wet behind the years missionary. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that walked with God and yet uh, the stresses of service in a cross-cultural setting in a spiritual ministry was, um, humanly speaking, more than he could bear. And, and throughout that book, he talks about how God uh, ministered to him, comforted him, and used people just like the folks in our churches mm-hmm. to do that. Well, some of the things, you know, everybody knows the term culture shock. We typically uh, may not know what all is, is involved in that, but uh, things like uh, learning a, a different language, going to a place where you can't read a single sign, where you go to the supermarket and you can't see what's on the package, can't understand anything. Um, you become a kindergarten student. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it's simply living conditions. We talked with missionaries that said the most stressful thing uh, in their lives was um, having clothes with with no softener, and so <laughs> they said they could stand their jeans in the corner, and and that was a, a great source of stress to them. Uh, often today, uh, security issues can be a major source of stress, lack of resources, even lack of results in ministry. Uh, we're sending folks to difficult places to resistant people. There's spiritual warfare uh, going on in these places. And so often fruit is is few and far between, and that can be a tremendous stress uh, on those who are there to serve God and mm. proclaim the gospel. Feelings of loneliness, feelings of abandonment, feeling like I've been sent here and everybody's forgotten me. I'm here on my own. All of those things uh, can contribute to the stress of cross-cultural living and ministry. So when we think about all of those things, what what should be included uh, in a local church's approach to having a healthy uh, member care route uh, for missionaries they may be sending out? Yeah, I, well, you mentioned the book of Philippians, and that's a great um, example of a partnership between a sending church like the church in Philippi and the Apostle Paul and those working with him out on the field. And there's a mutual uh, relationship that's described and and it actually begins uh, talking about the partnership they have in the gospel. Hmm. Includes things like uh, mutual prayer for one another. Paul was praying for the church. The church was praying for Paul. Uh, They had a mutual commitment 
he was committed to ministry among them and, and they were committed to the ministry that he was involved in. They sent Epaphroditus and folks to minister to him. He would send people back. Um, yeah, if you read through that book, you can see a variety of elements of partnership for the sake of the gospel. And uh, again, it played a critical role, I believe, in Paul's ministry and had a major impact in the church in Philippi as well. So, so if I am the pastor of of that church that is that is realizing, you know, we don't have anything in place uh, for the people that you know the Spirit has called out, or uh, whom the Spirit may call out in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, just just you know personal you know story again here. I mean, I just I just think about churches that I've been a part of either growing up or churches that I pastored that uh, we would send we would send people if we sent people and they were with um, they would go with a particular mission agency and, and obviously you know you and I are not anti-mission mm-hmm. agencies but right. but oftentimes we would um, we would just relegate that responsibility uh, the member care aspect to to the agency and and not have any ownership you know as, as a local church so so if I'm if I'm a local church pastor listening, to this podcast, and and I and I'm realizing, you know, my congregation, we don't have anything in place. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where does the where does the busy pastor even start? Yeah, well, I think you have to create an atmosphere, an environment uh, for gospel partnership, and and that includes caring for those that have been sent out. So I think uh, maybe perhaps a good place to start would be studying the scriptures, looking for this. Uh, in, in the scriptures and beginning to share it with the congregation, so there's an awareness that hey, there's a there's a real need here, and there are things that we can do as a congregation, and frankly, we're uh, responsible to do for those that are sent out. I think that's where it starts, and then a second step might be talking with the missionaries that you've already sent out and approaching this subject and saying hey. You know, we really like to do a little better job in caring for you. How can we do that? Mm. Share with us some areas of need. You're not you're not committing money. You're not uh, committing uh, necessarily to send teams or any of those kinds of things at this point. You're simply saying we care about you. How can we uh, care for you? What What are some ways that we can do that? And I, frankly, missionaries need to re need to know, they need to be convinced that it's safe for them to talk with their pastor and folks in their church about their struggles. Mm. They don't have to fear that they're going to lose credibility or they'll be brought home or uh, we're not going to partner with you financially anymore if we share that you're struggling with your prayer life. If you share that uh, one of your kids is in rebellion or you're, you're uh, relationship with your wife is is not what it needs to be, or or frankly, you're just sick of those nationals and uh, you don't know what to do about it, don't know how to change that attitude. We need to create some environment so that they can share those things. We can respond with care and not with judgment, and but with assistance. Uh, great, uh, you know, you you can um, go to organizations that do member care. Uh, professionally, Barnabas International is one that uh, is well known and sponsors a conference every year called Pastors 
uh, pastor to missionary. Uh, it's open to laymen and folks from local churches. I'm, I've attended that and be going again this year. And they'll, they'll provide lots of resources and information about how to get started in missionary member care. So I'm not hearing you, Bob, say that this has to be something really complex to get started, that, that I, I as, a, as a local church pastor, I don't have to have a staff member that is the coaching and caring for missionaries guy. I don't have to be as big as the church at Brook Hills. You're, you're, you're saying that this can be something very simple. That's correct. And yeah, actually, uh, folks that are members of the same Sunday school class or small group that uh, – somebody's been sent from, they can play the key role in many cases. And, and frankly, because they have a friendship and because, you know, they're, they're seen as someone who's already caring, uh, folks are going to open up with them and share with them what's really on their heart. And then there's an avenue and you can create avenues for actually uh, addressing those needs. So just a, just a great opportunity to, yeah, to equip those members to to serve the body and you know in this kind of shepherding pastoral care kind of way that's it and in so doing uh, those members who are back in the local church are actually fulfilling their roles mm -hmm. in the great commission and who knows god may speak to them as they partner with those that have been sent out god may grant them a burden uh, to go and join that team or to go somewhere else uh, for the sake of the gospel some of the listeners are uh, connected to mission agencies. They're, they hold leadership roles within within agencies, uh, you know, across evangelical circles. Uh, some agencies, uh, obviously, doing better job than others when it comes to, to member care uh, matters. Um, so, so Bob, could you speak to the to the agencies for for a minute? You know, what 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 should uh, mission agencies do? You know, when it comes to member care for their missionaries, I mean. Is it different from the local church? I mean, obviously, a lot of local churches are not involved in this. Do, do the do the agencies need to step up to the plate? Uh, is there something unique that a agency can do? I know those are a few questions just kind of lumped at you at one time. Uh, but could you maybe speak to the agencies for a few minutes? Because obviously, you have a, you have a background in working with agencies. Yeah. Well, um, and and as you said, a lot of agencies are doing a great job with this. I, if if anything, I would say to them partner with local churches, start talking to local churches, uh, let local, local churches um, fulfill some roles that may be uh, a sending agency that is seen as the authority figure in the life of the missionary. Uh, the local church can come, come alongside in more of a pastoral way and sometimes um, provide a lot more uh, practical help. Um, it's great if an agency is able to have trained personnel, member care personnel. Uh, there are lots of uh, ways to get that training these days, and uh, lots of organizations are having that, even if it's uh, a person who's not doing that exclusively, but someone who knows how to address uh, member care needs. And that would include uh, things like training, maybe even team leaders, providing them a little bit of training in recognizing some signs of maybe culture shock or other spiritual um, yeah, issues that may arise or emotional issues, at least being able to recognize those and point the individuals toward, toward in a direction where they can uh, get some care. 
I think uh, mission agencies are in a far better position than local churches to provide uh, crisis care in the event that something happens on the field and it's, it's fast and somebody needs to respond immediately. Typically, a local church can't do that and a sending agency can do that. So they should be uh, prepared for that. And I think also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, as a local church, part of our member care begins long before we send folks to the field as we sit down and talk with them about their marriage and how, how they're feeding themselves and their family spiritually and, and those kinds of things. I think uh, a lot of preventative care can be done by mission agencies in their screening process, in their equipping process, before they send folks to the field. I've been talking today with, uh, with Bob Flanders. Bob is uh, on staff with the Church of Brook Hills, where he oversees coaching and caring uh, for missionaries. He's also an elder here with the Church of Brook Hills as well. And uh, it's been a pleasure uh, to have you uh, with us today, Bob. Could you tell us uh, if people uh, would like to maybe get in contact with you uh, to talk further about this, or maybe uh, they have questions or something like that? Is there, a, is there a way that they could touch base with you? Yes, and I, I would love to serve as a resource for anyone that's beginning to think through member care. And uh, we ha I have a few resources in print that I can send to folks if you're interested in that. Uh, you can write to me at bobf at brookhills.org. It's a, one of our email addresses, bobf at brookhills, all one word, all small letters, brookhills.org. Bob F. at Brookhills, that's Hills plural. I have to always tell people that when I'm giving them my emails. Yes. Please. So Bob F. at Brookhills.org. Bob, it has been a blessing to be with you today. Thank you so much for taking out uh, some time to, to share with us some of your experience and wisdom as we think about member care. Thanks, J.D. It's been a pleasure. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpain.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.